Okay, welcome back to the Modern Real Estate Agents with Johnny and Lizzie Phillips. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us again. I feel like we're just looking at each other funny today. I mean, we're podcasting. We're podcasters. So this series, guys, is going to be a short one. um, And we have titled it, So You Want to Get Into Real Estate. Yeah. We, of course, recorded the first episode. And it was just the intro to us, the intro to our our story, how story. we got into real estate. Yeah. Um, and so if you don't know us, go ahead and listen to that. I thought yeah. it was pretty fun. Yeah. We had fun doing it. The audio quality may not be the best. I we, mean. We are still learning this. We're so continually improving. Hopefully you guys can just bear with us as we figure it out episode by episode. <laughs> so again, today, so you want to get into real estate. Yeah. So I feel like this topic, we wanted to do two episodes on this and then we're going to be doing an interview. Uh, I guess I can say who it is. Yeah. With one of our agents, yeah, Rosie. One of our agents, her name is Rosie. And we felt like she was the perfect person to bring on for it because she's a newer licensed agent. Um, yeah. So. She'll have a lot to say about uh, the steps that we're going to talk about Yeah. here and um, what those were like for her. Yep. So we're going to have her on. So we'll do two episodes of this topic and then we'll have her. Right. So we have broken this down into the five steps of what it takes to get into real estate. Yep. What Uh, it takes to really get your license. Right. Um, And again, I think it's uh, important to say this is specific to Georgia. Yeah. Um, So we know that other states are very different. Like I know North Carolina, I'm pretty sure you just become a broker immediately. I mean, that would be nice. Whereas in Georgia, you have to be licensed for three years before you can... Take even the take broker the course, course yeah. and then sit for the exam on that. I'm pretty sure you have an exam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So uh, before we get into that, we wanted to talk about the motivation, you know, why you get into real estate or, or why not? What is a good motivation? Yeah. There's a lot of like reasons why not. <laughs> yeah. So if you're sitting around watching HGTV and you're like, wow, this sounds like a lot of fun. Is, is that a good reason to get into real estate? That is not a good reason to get into real estate. <laughs> is, is it not going to be just like selling Sunset? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Can we talk about selling Sunset for, set, selling sunset for just a minute? I mean, I, and sure. It, it fascinates me. We, we do watch that show. I mean, it's hilarious. I say we. It's more of a me thing. I mean, I would love to be those little bald guys, right? They, <laughs> All these attractive women working for you. Uh, why not? I mean, to be fair, though, you sort of have that life right now. I mean, I am surrounded by a beautiful woman all the time. But there's also, we have really beautiful agents on our team. We do, but we're not like the <laughs> office all the time. That'd be great. No, I mean, we don't. Yeah, we are very much remote, a remote team. Maybe we should change that. We could, we could set it up just like Selling Sunset. I don't think that our team would stay with us if we chose to do that. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. We'll ask Rosie what she thinks about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's going to be like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we definitely, um, yeah, we watched. I mean, if, if you're a human, I feel like you've watched one of these shows about well, homes and buying and selling. and The pandemic happened. I think everyone watched everything down, you yeah. know, right down to Tiger King. Right? Pretty much. We even made your mom watch that. I know. Poor thing. She did not appreciate it. It's gold. That is is. USA gold. It is something. Mm. 
But yeah, so I mean, specifically with watching like any house hunters, anything from HGTV, like they take you, they take their clients to see three homes and then they pick from one of the three. I can count on one hand the number of times I've only shown someone three homes. Oh, and yeah. They bought one of those. Absolutely. And we have an inside scoop that it is completely fake. So. I mean, I, I think we all know that th those um, shows are staged yeah. to some degree. But yeah, I know personally someone who was on one of these shows and the client of them was a friend who already owned the home. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, that's the premise of the show is, is that the buyer already actually owns the home and then they just find two other homes that sort of met their criteria Yeah, and they take them to those. A lot of times you can tell, oh man, I'm ruining these shows for people. I probably shouldn't do this. I mean, but don't you, we all know what's going on? You can tell if you a lot of times look at the in the house, a lot of times the vacant ones are the ones they end up picking because they already own it and they're not going to move their furniture in yet. <laughs> So that's how you can tell which one they're going to pick. Spoiler alert. Well, that's what we need to be doing with our clients. Showing them three houses and be like, this Making is the one. them pick. Yep. You get these three choices. We, our clients would never work with us. Yeah. I mean, to be fair though, we oftentimes don't take clients to see a ton of homes because we end up communicating a lot ahead of time and making sure that we can eliminate. And that's super important. Homes from their list yeah. based on things that we know that they have already said, we don't want this or we do want this. And usually we figure that out after like the first time of taking them out to see some houses right. because I, I can't tell you the number of times that someone has said, I do not want a split level. Absolutely oh do not want a split level. I was thinking the exact same thing. And they oftentimes end up buying yeah. a split level. So you definitely want to get people out and seeing what. It, it is funny how many times you'll see someone say, this is not what I'm taking. I will not have this yeah. for my home. And that's exactly what they end up choosing. I mean, it's hilarious. Yeah. So we, I mean, when you ask someone their list of things that are must haves and things that they would like, it's so crazy how much it changes once you start getting them out. Mm -hmm. And when they start seeing, okay, what can this budget afford me? What can I get for this budget? It's a, pretty fast. They realize things that they thought were super important are no longer as important because like, okay, say they said, oh, it has to be half an acre lot and then they realize the house is going to be so much crappier just to get an extra oh, sure quarter of an acre and so they end up being like well we can actually go down to a quarter of an acre or and, and especially in this market where you are getting um the, the prices are higher right yeah so people are going to have to compromise on what they want yeah exactly yeah people are I mean, we, we tell our clients nowadays, if you get a seven out of 10, you are striking gold. Absolutely. <laughs> seven out of 10. That's passing. Okay. Yeah. That's how I passed uh, high school right there. Right. 70%. I just looked at your computer and it's going to die. <laughs> All right. So that's funny. Let's, let's uh, keep on going then. Right. Uh, that, oh, 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 how much battery do you actually have left? I don't know. Did I say one minute? I don't know. I can't read it. Oh my goodness. Sorry, you guys are listening to us talk about battery. Ah, oh, you got 10%. Yeah, we're, we're going to make it here. Um, now it's just going to be a matter of pulling up my notes. <laughs> yeah. So trying to get back on your motivation, you know, if you love going out and seeing houses and you think that's going to be a reason to get into real estate, probably not. I mean, even just the logistics of that, driving around, spending money on gas, it's kind of something you want to avoid. If you can. Well, and this goes back to a big philosophy that we subscribe to of you want to be listing agents, oh, 100%. not buyer's agents. 
yeah. something about our team that we do not have specific buyers agents and specific listing agents. Everybody is allowed to do everything mostly because we would rather have all listing agents. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's better for us. It's better for them. It's better training. If we'll get into brokerages later, but if you walk in somewhere that says, Hey, we're going to make you a buyer's agent. Don't do it. That's a red flag. Red flag. <laughs> red flag. <laughs> red flag. Um, we're hip. We're cool. So what are good motivations to get into real yeah. estate? Um, I think that uh, helping people, yeah. you, you are helping people. You are solving a problem. You are bringing someone into a home where they're probably going to spend the next at least five years. Yeah. So, I mean, you're doing a good thing. And coming from contribution, that's something that we talk about with our mm -hmm. team all the time when it comes to cold calling, lead generating is no matter what, if you and your, you have the mindset and you always go into a conversation with coming from a place of contribution, rather than just bugging someone, like if you always are offering someone something when you're calling them, it's, mm -hmm. it's not going to feel salesy. It's not going to be. Yeah. Um, I mean, are you a salesperson? Absolutely. Uh, by Should definition, you come off as a salesperson? Definitely not. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Um, and it, you are, you're helping people. And I think that's the most important thing to remember yeah. is, is what you're doing is you're helping people solve a problem. And seriously, the most rewarding houses that I ever sell are ones where like, they typically are not my highest commission. They're oh, people yeah. that have worked their asses off to get to where they are. 100%. And you know, like I helped a couple, a couple years back and they had had to go through a bankruptcy and they had been spending the last few years mm -hmm. trying to save up to get to a place where they could buy a home again. And it was just, it was so beautiful and rewarding to be able to get them to the closing table. And I still talk to them all the time. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's things like that, that if you have the heart to want to help people and you know, you, and you do enjoy, okay, you do enjoy these shows, then you can yeah. really find that combo for you. That would work. For sure. And, and if I can tell a story, um, I had a, a client who they had not had a, a single family home in their yeah. In their family. At, yeah. That at all. It had never, nobody had ever been ever able happened. to purchase a, yeah. Well, there was a death in the family. Um, it was, it was super sad. Yeah. It was really, but what that did was it, the life insurance allowed the family to buy their first home. Yeah. And, and I really think that that sets that family up for a different tra trajectory yeah. in life. And, and it's a beautiful thing to watch well, that happen. Well, we all know home ownership is, one of the top ways to accumulate wealth in Absolutely, your life. Absolutely, 100%. So, I mean, we also, we really do look at ourselves from a standpoint of, okay, we are helping people build wealth and we want to um, help our clients make the best investments. And yeah. there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on you as an agent in helping them. They look, they're looking to you as the expert in your field. You are the, you are the guide. Yeah. And so you do, you do need to know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see. Uh, and working with others is, yeah. is important. And that's something I had to learn. I thought going into this, I'm going to be working against the cooperating agent. I thought my job was to, was to fight them. Yeah. We, we had so many conversations about this in the beginning because for some reason, I've just always really leaned towards the co-op agent is my best friend. We're going to get along. We're going to work well together. And that's the mindset I go into it with. Does that always happen? No, because the other agent, you can't control them. I mean, unfortunately. You, you can't. And sometimes you get stuck with really crappy cooperating agents. 
That is, we didn't talk about this when we were asked the question yesterday of like, what's your least favorite thing? I really wanted to say other agents, but I did it. That's a crappy thing to say. I know. Well, it's hard because when you have an agent from some brokerages that do not train their agents Mm -hmm. at all, they don't know what they're doing. And so they're just trying to make it up as they go, which, okay, we've all been there. Don't get me wrong. But if you're a couple years into your career and this is how you've built your career, it just becomes pretty nasty. Sure. But yeah, definitely working well with your co-op agent. I mean... You are a partnership bringing this to the table. Okay. Well, and of course, your number one job is to advocate for your client. You're a fiduciary. That's what you're doing. Absolutely. Like you want to get them everything that they want. But at the end of the day, everybody's got to win. We've mm-hmm. got to make it so that everybody's happy. We attempt to. It doesn't yeah. always happen. That doesn't mean you get pushed over or told what to do. Yeah. I uh, mean, you can still learn to negotiate really, really at a high level and still be nice about it. Definitely. Um, there's a balance for sure. And then the other thing that you've got to be really good at is solving problems. Um, mm-hmm. That's something on our team that we talk about a lot of like, hey, we are not in the business to just be like, something happened and freak out. Okay, something happened. What can we do? How are we going to fix this? We immediately go into problem solving mode. And all problems can be solved. There's always a solution. Definitely. So I I think that leaning on other agents, uh, leaning on your mentor, asking questions, not being afraid to, to ask questions. I was afraid for a long time when I got started to ask. And I'm just glad that you were in it for a while so I could lean over and ask you a question. Well, I think you've got to join a team where there's a culture of nothing is a dumb question. We Mm -hmm. say that every freaking week to our our team. Please never, ever, ever think a question is dumb. Like speak up, say it. We will never belittle you. I think, you know, Rosie does an amazing job at this. She, She is in constant communication with me. Anytime something arises, she just wants a second opinion. I mean, she most of the time knows the correct answer. She just is looking for validation to make sure she's doing the best thing for her client. Sure. So that's something that we're huge on is like, let's just ask the questions. We're never going to judge you. And I think the, the biggest thing about that to me is if you start asking questions early, then it can keep you out of bigger problems mm-hmm. later. Yeah. Uh, like if you just try to wing it and wing it, yeah. you get a couple of days out from closing and you don't have what you need or you, you messed up, a, I don't know, an, an exhibit, whatever yeah. it is. Well, now we're in crisis mode. Yep. Now we have to fix this. Yeah. So definitely coming from a place of like, okay, how can I solve things? Mm-hmm. Who can I talk to that's going to help me solve this? I mean, we reach out to people all the time for help. We reach out to our broker often to see oh, okay, yes. about contract stuff. Love, I mean, I, love I, them, by the way. I recommend, yeah, we have an amazing broker, broker mm-hmm. team, I guess, but we specifically work with one a lot. But I mean, I recommend for even our team members, I'm like, you know what? This is out of my scope of knowledge. I don't know law and not our broker doesn't necessarily, isn't a lawyer. Right. However, they deal with the compliance stuff all the time and who's going to be in the right probably and who's going to be in the wrong. And, and again, doing it correctly is important. We are talking about legal contracts. Yeah. We are talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars and people's lives. Okay. Yeah. Potentially millions. Yeah. <laughs> I Think, mean. Yeah. Let's do millions. I'm in millions. Yeah. So I think that you just have to be, come from a place of like, you know what? I'm, I don't know it all. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the the beauty of working with your clients is if you do pretend that you know it all and you say something wrong, they're going to be way more pissed at you than if you just go back and oh, say, you yes. know what, 
I don't know the answer to that. Let me get some clarification or I think I know the answer to that, but I want to make sure that I'm giving you the, the best answer possible to your question. There is nothing wrong with saying that. That is the right thing to say. Yeah. yeah. So I think that goes over most of the reasons to or to not get into real estate. Absolutely. Yeah. So now we want to talk a little bit about what, what qualities make a good agent. Yeah. What, what are good personality traits, uh, maybe behaviors that really can help you succeed. Yeah, if you already have some of these, you're you're already better off than the people who have to learn these skills or Yeah, and that's that's what you have to do if you don't have them is like, okay, yeah. I need to uh, adapt. Where, where's the best place for me to figure out how to mm-hmm. learn these if you don't know them? For so. real. Uh, for me, I think one of the biggest qualities is being a self-starter. Uh, you are, again, this is Georgia. I know 100%. You are a 1099. You are a contracted employee. Yeah. Um, even if you're on a team, no one is going to be waking you up and saying you have to show up at 830. You're not a contracted employee. You're an independent contractor. That's what you're I meant. You're not an contractor. employee. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. No, yes. you're good. Uh, independent contractor. So you, you are responsible. You don't have to show up at no. a certain time every day. Absolutely not. You don't have to check in with anybody. Now, some teams, they may have some very high levels of accountability. Yeah, but... I mean, for us, that's not big. If you can't be a self-starter and you can't make it happen. I mean, that's your business. You are building your business. Yeah. And, and if you don't have the drive for that, then this is not going to be the career for you. Yeah. Um, so. And like full transparency, like that's something I even struggle with. I'm not an amazing self-starter. I have to self-start her. <laughs> I mean, sometimes like it, it is hard. So don't think that we're like perfect at this. I no, mean, absolutely. You know, we, we have, we have trouble staying on task. We have trouble mm-hmm. making sure we're getting up and doing the things we need to do when we need to do them. So, yeah. And I think uh, a part of what helps me do that is I was in a career for 11 years where I had to be at work at yeah. six thirty in the morning and I had to be prepared. So now if I'm not doing anything, in the morning, I feel like something's not right. Yeah. Something is not happening. So that helps me just get moving. Yeah. I know that I have to. Yeah. Um, and that's something that we're talking with our team about is like, okay, let's help them with scheduling mm-hmm. and time blocking. That's, you know, part of being a self-starter is committing to your calendar and your calendar being almost like your boss. Like if my calendar says I've got to be here when I've got to be here or I've got to lead Jen now, that's I got to do it. Yeah. That's a great mentality. Your calendar is your boss uh, because that is the most accountability you're going to have. Yeah. Um, uh, being organized is also something that's super important. Yeah. Um, now my beautiful, wonderful wife whom I love is not a very organized person. Okay. But we need to like dive into what that means yeah. because you don't have to be organized everywhere. There are like some serious categories of my life. I'm not organized in like my things. You should see our bathroom vanity right now. <laughs> you mean her bathroom vanity right now? <gasps> it. I literally looked at it and I was like, I don't even know where to start. So we had our, we had professional photos done yesterday. And so I had like every piece of makeup I own, every hair thing that I have all over the counter. It's just strewn everywhere. And we had like a long day yesterday. And I was like, I, it is on my negative priority list to clean this up. And I knew I was going to be doing makeup again the next day. So I was like, we'll deal with it today. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. All right. We'll, we'll check back in and see how that but went. But so like, so you don't have to be organized with your things to be highly successful. It would be helpful. 
But where we differ, and I think this is where we complement each other really well in our marriage and in being business partners, mm-hmm. is that I am super organized when it comes to contracts and paperwork and like the perfection of those. And and that is important because for me, that is a struggle. So like we, I 100% of the time check over Johnny's contracts. Oh yeah. I mean, I've been in the You check over mine years. sometimes when I'm like, I don't know about this one. Can you just check over it? But. Well, writing great contracts is part of being a great agent. And yeah. everyone and we require, needs second eyes. Yeah. We require our agents to send all of their contracts to us. And every once in a while they'll miss something. But for the most part, we are, I mean, again, we are sticklers about our contracts because Absolutely. that is the number one thing that could go south is you, if you don't write it correctly. I mean, you are representing your client in this contract. That is basically your job. You think it's showing houses? It's not. It's it's getting through this contract. Well, and another thing about being organized that's so crucial is making sure you know the dates, the important dates of your contracts. Yes. I mean, I recently had an agent who was a co-op agent that they did not send. Okay. So we were supposed to close on a certain day. Something happened and they needed to execute their unilateral extension, which in the state of Georgia, you can unilaterally extend the contract by eight days. If something is going wrong with the loan or the closing attorney can't fulfill it. Well, it was a loan issue and we were supposed to close on a Friday and they never sent me the unilateral extension. So technically our contract had terminated and her clients were out there $3,000 of earnest money because she just forgot to send it. That's insane. Let's just put that out there. There's no excuse for that. And okay. like my clients were, it was a very tumultuous contract, probably the, the most tumultuous contract I've ever done in four years at the very end. And my clients were very close to taking their earnest money and just starting all over. And that would have been they, that agent's fault. Yeah. I mean, they had the legal right to do that. Yeah. They, now they didn't because they, they were to. great people. And, you know, they were like, we just want to be done with this. But I mean, there were multiple mishaps on that, that contract because that agent was not organized at all. It was horrific. I'm just sitting here <laughs> like having flashbacks of, of other contracts. Yeah. And it's, oof, it's yeah. terrifying. So we're, we're very big on putting like, when we first get a contract put together, we put together a document that's called reminder, whoops, I said that, reminder of important dates. And so that we know we mm-hmm. have communicated to our clients these dates. So there's no questions if, if something. And that's super important, communicating these things to your clients yeah. so they understand. Yeah. They need to know. Um, I lost my train of thought. Did I I, uh, distract you by my like, I think I'm going to burp, but I don't want to burp into the (laughs) microphone. (laughs) I'm like drinking tea. I don't know why, maybe. I don't don't know. Yeah. So um, being flexible is another thing that, I mean, again, I don't want to go back to this contract because it gives me anxiety to think about, like legitimate anxiety to think about. But I mean, we were pushed to be flexible multiple different Mm -hmm. times and you know, you need to be learned to be flexible, whether that's like, Hey, your client cancels a showing last minute and you've, you're an hour away already. Like, okay, what am I going to do? Which, which would be awful. And we have steps to pre- prevent that from yeah. happening. But yeah, being flexible is I want to have that tattooed on my body somewhere because I tell everyone when I was a teacher, I told all my students every year, being flexible is the key to being successful in life. Yeah. I mean, if you are not flexible, if you are rigid and everything has to go your way and everything has to be perfect, 
you are going to be super disappointed in life. So well, just get flexible. Yeah, so it's for sure in life, but even more, I feel like in real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's important, an right. important quality to have. Uh, so I just thought about what I just forgot. What? Okay, so okay. we were talking mm. and about working with a cooperating agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important to be friends with them. Know that you're not working and opposing to them because if you screw something up on the contract, mm-hmm. if you're working against them, they're a whole lot more likely to hold your feet to that fire yeah. and not help you out. I mean, I've caught mistakes from agents before and I've been like, you know what? Like someone forgot to put the amount on the financing contingency that the sure. property needs to appraise yeah. at. And I'm like, I could be a dick and say, well, if it doesn't appraise then they're screwed. Or I can say, you know what? You messed this up and I, I know you meant to do it. So let me just let you know ahead yeah. of time. And, and again, that goes back to you are working together mm-hmm. for the for the good of both of your clients. Yeah. Okay. You are not working against anyone. I, I know I can't think of any examples, but I know there's been times in the past where I made a mistake on a contract where an oh agent was gosh. like, did you, did you mean this or did you mean that? And I was like, no, I definitely meant this. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. So most of the time agents are really good. And I think it's, I say the worst part of our industry is other agents, but Genuinely, I would say 80 to 90% of the time, it's always a very cordial transaction. It's very pleasant. Definitely. We work together really well. Um, But there are those times when... You'll get those ones. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) Okay. So this is step number one. Yes. We're finally there. The official steps. What are we like 20 minutes into it? Oh, geez. Okay. Well, these the steps I feel like are not that hard. No. So the first step is is pretty obvious. Um, And again... I just want to preface this. This is Georgia specific. Yeah. So if you're somewhere else, I would, you know, listen to this, but also consult someone that you know. Yeah. Actually, I mean, reach out to us because we have agents that yeah, we partner with sure. in every single state and we can get you in touch with someone who knows exactly what you're going to need to do. Word. So still reach out to us, listen to this and then reach out if you're like, yeah. oh no, but I'm in North Carolina and mm-hmm. it's a little different. I'm pretty sure here. Sure. So the first step is taking a your course. You need to take your course here. It's a 75 hour course. Yep. Um, and you can do that a multitude of ways. You can do it in person. Uh, you can do it at a brokerage. I know some brokerages do it like in house. Yeah. You can do it online. Um, we have both done it online. Yes. Realestateexpress.com. Uh, we I highly recommend doing it online. Definitely recommend, um, in this, uh, description. We're going to put a link in there and I'm pretty sure if you click that link, it's like 30% off. Yeah. We'll put it, we'll put this in the show notes so you guys can. For sure. Um, but the reason I like to do it online like that was I was able to knock that thing out in what? Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Johnny was a freak of nature and just like powered through that course and did it in two weeks. From the moment I, I had the course to the moment I passed the, uh, state exam two weeks. Yeah. Um, well, I think it was a little longer for your state exam because unfortunately the state of Georgia is really backed up or it was really backed up. I'm, I'm going to say two weeks. Okay. Well, whatever. I know you did that in two weeks, no yeah, doubt. for sure. Uh, but in person, I know a lot of people like that uh, because they need someone to direct them like a teacher. So that's helpful, helpful to people for sure. Yeah. I still recommend doing the online course specifically with Real Estate Express because they have like, maybe they don't do it anymore, but they have like guaranteed pass. Like, oh yeah, they have this course. They have the course, then they have like the post. Exactly. You can get the uh, post licensure course. Included in the fee, which in Georgia, you have to do that. And we'll we, get to we'll that. We'll talk to that later. But yeah. yeah, so making sure that you do that course. And unfortunately, this is going to probably not be good for us to say, but 
You're not going to need to know a lot of that when you're oh. actually a realtor one day. <laughs> no, 99.9% .9 of what you have to learn is not helpful like, at I all. I saw a meme yesterday and I thought it was hilarious. It was like, still, I have never needed to know how many square feet or in an are, acre. Or in an acre. Yeah. And okay, now if you're in California, you probably do need to know the square feet and what that is like because lots there are like actually sold I mean, in square feet. I was going to say, yeah, what acres are in California? But yeah, exactly. What acres are actually for sale in right. California? But here, I mean, we, I think the, the smallest lots that we ever sell is like point. I've seen like a point one, two. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is and those still are tiny. Like a lot of times like townhouses or. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're just right up. Like you could squeeze between the two houses if you had to. Yeah. So I was like laughing at that. I'm like, yeah, for real. But you have to know like how to do the math of how many square feet is in so many acres or whatever. Like, uh, yeah, that's could I can never tell you what that number is now. So again, you just have out. to take a lot of this stuff and just like learn it. And a lot of it is good information more from like a law standpoint of like mm -hmm. how to not screw up, how to not like mess up. So, I mean, some of it's good information to know, but like I couldn't tell you anything that's on it. Sure. And um, I, you have to take an ethics course too. Is that right? Where's the ethics or is that just in, included? Uh, the ethics course is with your board of realtors. I'm pretty sure. Okay. That's you're right. You're with the board of realtors. Well, no, I take that back. Well, it is board of, it is, I think it is board of realtors. Well, with your continuing ed, with your license, I think yeah. you do have to do an ethics course somewhere, but. Which is pretty easy. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Yeah. I if mean, you already have some ethics, you're going to be fine. You're going to understand exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> you can thank your parents for that later. Um, study, study, study. Yeah. Um, the course that you take, the 75 hour course is much easier than the exam. Yeah. Is that our next point? Or uh, later on? Coming. I think we're talking about that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So taking the state exam. Yep. Step two. Y'all, it's hard. Uh, and I do want to take this moment to differentiate between the two exams. You will take oh, yes. two and it confuses people. Once you take that 75 hour course at the end, there's going to be a test. You have to pass the course. You must first. pass the course before they'll even let you take the state exam. So that's your first test. Then you take the state exam. And that's where you're going to get your license. Um, but yes, that is a pass fail. Yeah. Uh, if you fail, they'll tell you how much you fail by like one or two questions, hopefully. Um, if you passed, you just passed. Um, I remember walking out of mine. I was the first person out and I was absolutely terrified. The women at the front desk were chatting and chatting away, yada, yada, yada. And they just look at me and I'm like, oh gosh, they're staring at me. I must have failed. <laughs> like they're not happy. They're not smiling at me. What's going on? Uh, so I'm like, uh, did, did I pass? Oh yeah, you passed, honey. Bye. And I was like, okay, well, okay, thanks. I was scared shitless. Thanks. Yeah, I was when I when I got like halfway through it. I'm like, well, screw this. I'm not gonna pass it. So I'm just gonna have fun with it. I'll take it again. It's fine. Hundred percent gave like, up. Halfway it was through. it was hard, and I don't want to say that to scare you guys, but to definitely study really really hard. Yeah, that was... I mean, we have a few. We know a lot of people who did not pass it on their first time. And we know a lot of people who like never were able to pass it. I think that most people have to take it more than once. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think we just got real lucky. We just happened to click the right one. Or we're geniuses. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a but possibility. Then, but then like Loki, there are some people that are their agents. I'm like, how did you pass that? Right though? I mean, you meet some people in this business and you're like, uh, how? How did how? that happen? But okay. Uh, and and then the other side of that is is I have some friends who think they can just walk in off the street and take that test. They're they don't like, know about the pre-license. Well, or the yeah. I mean, I'm I'm thinking about someone who who took the pre-license and he's like, 
oh, it's been a couple of years, but I can go ahead and just take it, right? I'm like, no. Oh, you're going to have to redo it. That is never going to happen. You you need to study. You have yeah. to study. Well, and I think that that times out. Probably. Yeah. So. But no, you do need to study. Quickly. Yeah. Um, so the third step is, is fun for me. I think it's fun. I don't think you should talk about this, but it's the background we're, check. We're doing it. Um, you are again, handling hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. Uh, you are handling legal contracts and in the state of Georgia, you will be getting a background check. Yeah. Um, and now my, my background check came back fine. Why, why do you have to start? There with was that? nothing on my background check why do you and have it was to a very that? simple process. Okay, let's just again put, put this out there. I was a teacher for eleven years. If and I did they something didn't fire wrong, you, right? yeah, that's a very good point. If they didn't fire you, then obviously what you had on your background was but not bad. The state board of realtors or or the uh, real estate people they had something to say about it. They were not if happy. There's, literally, if there's anything on your background, right. they're going to need to review it. So that can delay the process a little bit. So just know that going into it. I think it delayed yours about two weeks. It did. Yeah, it was because they they. I, from what I've heard, I know someone else, I can't remember who it was, but someone else recently was like, oh yeah, I have something on my background and they review it like once a month. It's, and it, if you miss it, then you've got to wait till the next month yeah. for them to review it. Again, they just review it. They're not going to go back and read any court documents. They just want to make sure that you didn't commit any fraud or yeah. something like that. So yeah, all they're looking for is like mishandling of money, fraud, anything like that. If you have that in your background, like, sorry, you're probably not going to be able to be a realtor. Yeah. Um, but if it's something stupid, like something that could have happened and no horses were hurt in the, in, while that happened, I mean, we're not telling the story anyway. cause it's so dumb. Like he should not have ever had to deal with well, this. Of course not. He did. So, um, so, uh, but other than that, I feel like they're very lenient. Um, let's say you're a felon, uh, you wait two years and you're clear. If you're a oh, mul multiple felon, yeah. five years. Well, and as long as it's nothing to do with money. Exactly. Like if you get a drug charge, I mean, they're going to... I've is, never had one of those. Are drug charges a felony? Um, if you know the answer, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, they're getting leaner about that. Yeah, sometimes now they're misdemeanors, but... Yeah, so... Okay. If you're listening and you have a drug-related felony and you know the answer to that question, please let us know. DM us. Clearly um, not law enforcement or lawyers. No. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Uh, so the fourth step... And, and I feel like we could talk about this for days. Yeah, um, we'll try to keep it short. And it's the most important part is, hang, is hanging your license. And I think that's the technical term is hanging your license, right? It is, yeah. Where you're going to hang your license. Right, so. Because I think in the olden days, they literally hung your license on a wall. Like it's a piece of paper and they hung it on the wall of the brokerage. There's no way they do that now. No. Where is it? Is it just digital? I know it must be with our with EXP. I can't think of when I sent them my license. Yeah. It must all be digital through Jerry C now. I mean, they do it on their end. Yeah. For sure. You do get a little um a little uh credit card sized one that you're supposed yeah, to keep on you keep at all times. Your wallet. And I do. I I always laugh when people put up the photo of them getting their license and then they like cover their license number like it's a secret and it's actually something you no, put you're on every single to know. contract. Yeah. <laughs> but people don't know like, oh, that's not a secretive thing. So yeah, so hanging your license, where are you going to choose to do business? I mean, that that is the next question. And if you've gotten this far, you probably have an idea. You have probably spoken to someone who has said, hey, you should become an agent or you should come work with me or this, that, and the other. Uh, so you probably have some ideas, um, but no matter 
what I would recommend for sure. Interviewing everywhere, everyone. Anyone who interviews with us, we say you should interview with other brokerages. I mean, that's the first thing we say is because I think it's important to get a side-by-side comparison because a lot of people say a lot of things and um, they, they pull out a lot of fancy Fancy stuff. Uh, well, we, we talked to a guy who said, yeah, they pulled out a little beer tap for me. And I was like, oh, that's cute. Oh. How is that going to help you? How is that helping you sell more homes? It's exactly. probably not going to help you at all. It's going to make your productivity worse. I know for me, that would be bad. It would like, be very bad. But I, yeah, making sure, especially not only the brokerage that you're going to be looking into, but if you are looking to join a team in a brokerage, interview multiple teams. That's 100%. something that... In hindsight, we probably wish we would have done because we didn't know that was an option. And, and I think that that was a great learning experience for yeah, us. Very much. Uh, because now we're on the other side of that and we know the value in talking to as many people as possible. Yes. Um, because not all brokerages offer the same thing. I don't think we're allowed to talk about splits, so we're not going to talk about splits, yeah. but learn the word splits and know figure them. Figure out what the splits are, figure out what the cap is. Mm-hmm. And I think we may go into this a little bit more next time. Am I right? Yeah. In the next episode of Funny. just like what things you need to to look for. Oh, hundred percent. And while we're while we're thinking about it, I'm gonna make a side by side comparison chart for people. I know it would be helpful to have if if I was doing this again. Yeah. So you can know you can have everything written down. Super. And we'll easy. do like the top five brokerages that we know of, right? Or, I mean, I mean, I, we we can. I was just gonna give you lines and fill out yes no numbers oh like okay is the brokerage you're looking at do they say yes to the do they do this do they do that i like that that we'll do that and we'll put this in the in the podcast somewhere 100 um so yeah making sure that who you're signing with is who you think is going to get you the best start it's important for you to remember you are the asset. Okay. These companies need to be fighting for you. you. Usually they really want you and they're going to, they're going to push for it. And and there's a reason. Okay. Every brokerage is going to make money off of you during transactions. Okay. So make them fight for that. Make them reward you for your work. Yeah. Um, So that's what I have to say about that. Um, Yeah. And I, the other thing that this goes more to people that are not, necessarily brand new in in the industry, but like if you're with a brokerage right now, it's okay to change brokerages. Like you are not married to a brokerage for the rest of your career. We have moved one time in brokerages. I mean, I know people who are married and they decide they don't want to do that anymore. So if they can get out of that, you can get out of a brokerage. (laughs) Yeah. So like, don't, don't feel like if you leave your brokerage, you know, at the end of the day, it's a business decision for you. It's not an emotional decision. It's mm. not something that you're going to hurt someone. You're probably going to hurt someone's feelings. Don't get me wrong. It's hard to move brokerages because you do get to know the people that you work with and you do end up liking them. But at the end of the day, always remember that when you make a move, you've got to be thinking about your business and what's going to be best for you and your family and exactly. the trajectory of your life. Bingo. I mean, when you're talking about your business, you're talking about your profit, you're talking about your income, that is your family, that is your household, that's how you are putting foot on, uh, I'm sorry, food on the table. And it's important for you to make that decision uh, numbers-based, Yeah, not I, emotional. Just to be totally transparent, Johnny wanted to move brokerages a lot sooner than I did. And I was really held back because I was very big in the culture of our last brokerage. Oh yeah, she was on leadership. Yeah. When we left. I loved it. I mean, I really did love our last brokerage, but when we made the decision, it was a purely financial decision for our family. 
And, and we've now seen all the other reasons why we love where we're at, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was right the whole time. Okay. Well, I'm not going to go that far to say that, but <laughs> um, whatever. So uh, one other point I had was don't be pressured into signing anything. Uh, I do think these can be high pressure situations. Yeah. There, there are people on staff whose job is to get you in that room and make you sign that paper. Like, yeah. That is what they are paid to do. Go in there knowing. I know. I know some really interesting sales tactics from former leaders that I, I respect a lot and they do amazing work, but man, they pressured some people into signing some stuff. I'm sure. I mean, again, <laughs> that's how they make their living. Yeah. So. And w like for us, when we recruit to our like specific sales team, like we are never pressuring people to join our team. I feel like we do a great job. And We're we are selective about who we let on our team. Mm -hmm. Like if you are on our team right now, you are there for a reason. And if you're not on our team right now, there's also a reason for that because we're very protective of the culture of our team and we absolutely freaking love our team members. Do you mean that we don't solicit out calls all the time to other agents to, to come onto our team? God, like we don't do that? Kill like me. everyone else does? Literally, we get a call a day from another brokerage trying to recruit us. And, and, and we're not that great guys. Like we're good, but we're not like the creme de la creme. Well, <laughs> what what they're doing is they're trying to build volume. All they, they want they is a want, volume of agents. They just want numbers. Yep. That's it. And uh, it feels good. You're like, oh, people want me for like the first two calls. And then you're like, oh my God, leave me alone. For real. I'm not leaving. I always just say, thank you. I love EXP. Yeah. Bye. Like, I have my own team, believe it or not. And we're doing great. Yeah. Peace out. I don't want to join someone else's team. So yeah. yeah so we'll do that comparison chart. Okay. We got to get to number five Moving. and then close it out because- uh, oh, yeah, we're getting close to 45 minutes. Dang, what? how did that happen? Wow, that's a problem. Anyway, okay, uh, the 25-hour post-licensure course. Yeah, we talked about that a little it's bit. It's super easy. But make sure you do it because... I we, forgot. We know a lot of agents who forget forgets. about it because you're yeah. like, oh, I just want to get started in real estate. I don't want to spend 25 hours taking this, but it really doesn't take 25 hours. No, 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 no. Just and do it and take the test. It's the exact same thing that you did the first time. And it's probably everything that you saw in the 75 hour. I'm convinced the 75 hour is the 25 just three times. Yeah. I mean, they show you every piece of information three times to yeah. make sure you don't fail, even yeah. though half of you will. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think that's good for our five points. And what is going to be our question today? Ooh. Did you think of one? Um, no, but I like questions. So I'm going to think of one. Okay. Um, okay. What are we going to have for lunch today? Really? That's your deep theological. It's not deep and theological, but. I did tell you, you can ask whatever you want. I, you're just hungry right now. Well, I'm hungry and I want to make sure that you're going to feed me. <laughs> I always feed you. She's been slacking lately. He is, I have been slacking. It's been a rough week, but <laughs> so I made dinner last night. I don't know what you're complaining about. I ate it all. You did eat it all. So there's no leftovers. I We have sandwiches. I think you're probably going to be eating a sandwich. That's lunch. what I'm saying, guys. Okay. We need really need to put her put her feet to the fire on this because she's going to be like peanut butter and jelly. No, Done. I have thawed turkey and cheese. You can have a turkey and cheese sandwich. There's some protein for you and fat all right. and carbs. <laughs> What's my question? <laughs> well, I'm not going to ask you, what are you, you feeding me for lunch? Because you never feed me. You but, feed me once a week for a date night. If you're lucky. If I'm lucky, that's a very good point. Yeah, that is something that I'm working on. Okay. <laughs> Work-life balance. You're doing a very good job at it. Thank you. Did you get a sitter for Friday? I'm going to after this podcast. Cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Enjoy our marriage talk <laughs> while we podcast. Okay. What is going to be my question for you? Um, let's see. What is a good 
fun topic. Okay. Here's something. So we're big renovators of our house. Mm -hmm. If you could pick one project that we do next, which one would it be? Oh, easy. The deck. I knew that was what you were going to say. We bought this great house. It had a great deck. We loved it, but we want to double the size of it and we want to put in a screened in porch. And you may not know this, but I also want a, a fireplace out there. No. Yes. Yes. That's it, so expensive. We do everything ourselves. I'm not, we're not doing a deck ourselves. That's correct. That would be someone a, is going to do would be that. A, a that death would trap. be a very big problem. And, but then whoever does it will know how to put it in a chimney. <laughs> Think about it. I feel like you should ask me this question too, because. That's why you asked me the question, because that's what you want. Well, you know, it's kind of like reverse psychology of like, what do you want? And then you'd be like, well, what do you want? And then you end up doing what I want. Okay. So if you're not married, (laughs) this This is is it. This is it. Wake (laughs) up guys. Okay. What would you like to do next to our house? Well, okay. So my next one was to replace the railing on the front entry steps because it's really old, but I came up with a solution and Mm -hmm. I'm painting it black. So it's going to be just fine. So that I feel like I fixed. Okay. I think that we do need to do our guest bathroom before my parents come to visit us. Oh, I was like, what are you talking about? We just did the half bath. No, the upstairs. I think that in the laundry room doing the tile. Well, then we could return the tile saw that I've had for a year. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Tom. Shout out to Uncle Tom. Yep. (laughs) So, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll wrap it up today. Cool. Guys, thanks for sticking with us. Sorry we, we went on for 45 minutes. That hey, was, well, we said 30 to 45 minutes. Today yeah. is just going to be 45 minutes. There it is. Sounds good. Okay. We'll okay. talk to you guys later. Signing out. Bye. Bye.